Hello everyone and welcome to Snatched, a Gay Times original podcast. Each week we'll be reviewing the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 2, dissecting all of the drama and kaflama, and speaking exclusively with the latest eliminated queen. My name is Sam Dampshness and I am the associate editor of Gay Times. Girl, don't you dare undersell yourself. You are the drag race editor, the drag race extraordinaire. I mean, Miss Reddit, Miss Encyclopedia, Miss Wikipedia, they ain't got nothing on you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and that gorgeous voice you've just heard there is Umar Sawa, our fashion editor at Gay Times, who has styled many a queen for the pages of our magazine and will be giving his critiques on the week's looks, along with plenty more tea, most likely. Umar, are you ready to get into the nitty and gritty of it all? I mean, I'm ready. Are you ready? Oh, oh, oh I'm ready. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. On this week's episode, the eight remaining queens were told to sashay away by Rue due to concerns over the coronavirus pandemic, before Rue turning seven months later to compete in the Eurovision-inspired challenge, Rue Rue Vision. Okay, so this week is somewhat of a special episode of Snatch, because instead of one interview, we have two. Before we dive in, Umar, UK, Han... Bing, bang, bong. What an, ep- <laughs> what an episode. What a journey. <laughs> no, let's bing, bang, bong, sing that song. Sing and that ding, dang, dong. dong. <laughs> <laughs> it, it literally felt... It felt like we just survived apocalypse and yeah. were whirled into madness. I mean, what an episode. I know. So, do you know what? Let's just start with the opening, all right? Because these queens have just witnessed one of the biggest gags in Drag Race history with Ginny Lemon deciding to bend la creme herself on the main stage. And now they've come back to the workroom to be told they can't continue on in the competition. I mean, this season is not letting us breathe. This season has not put its foot off our necks. Like, I cannot breathe. It's just (laughs) one thing after another. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving the ride. I know, right? It's just one thing after the mother tucking other. And I'm enjoying every moment of it. This is this is what television is about. Okay, this is now. This is 2021. This is great television. All right. So flash forward seven months, right? Not like a couple of weeks like they thought. Seven months. And the queens come back into the workroom. But sadly, Veronica Green is nowhere to be seen because she's tested positive for the coronavirus. Personally, I'm so devastated because Veronica was great television and she was starting to get fired up for that crown. And honestly, I think she had some of the queens shaking in their boots. Yeah, just before her exit, she was ready to go for round four, I think. It was sad to see her go. And there was not even like a a farewell video recording or anything like that. She was just gone with the wind. But I did love the fact that she has an open invitation to next season. So that was a silver lining. Yeah, I mean, I cannot wait for Veronica Green to sashay back into that workroom. I mean, they said season three was coming uh, later this year, you know, if all things go to plan. So that means we might see Veronica, you know, sooner than we expected. And do you think then that the season three queens are going to underestimate her like the season two lot did? No, I think they'll have their wits about her. Because I think Veronica definitely, she'll have the edge. Like, she'll know the behind the scenes kind of strategy, structure of the show... I think her drag will elevate. I think she'll bring way more fashion. She's got a year to kind of gather her thoughts, gather her drag. And I think we're going to see her come back stronger than ever. Yeah, absolutely. So 
In Veronica's place, Rue has decided, you know what, look, I'm gonna bring back one of the Eliminated Queens. But he's not bringing Ginny back because she left of her own free will, which means Joe Black, Cherry Valentine, and Astina Mandela are in the running. Okay, for you personally, tell me, who would you have liked to return? Ooh, I think my mirror would have definitely said Astina. Yeah. I I mean, I can't get enough of Astina on, mm-hmm. on that runway. Her energy, her choreography, her hair, the drag. I think I would love to see more of that. But I think from a competition standpoint... I mean, Estina is a threat. So I yeah. think maybe they did go for the obvious, easy choice with Joe, And they can wrap it up in a sentimental. She's got a lot to prove. She's got more to give. But I think it was kind of maybe a, a little strategy at hand. Yeah. I mean, I felt so awful for Cherry Valentine because... In my opinion, she didn't really stand a chance. Like, Joe and Astina were both, like, really, really shock eliminations. Like, Joe is a drag veteran, and her going first was, like, a gag. And Astina Mandela, she'd already won a challenge, and in some people's eyes, she won the lip sync against Tia, so it's very much, like, between them two. And then, when the queens turned around their mirrors to show who was going to return, Cherry didn't get one vote. I know. And then she, she even said, I'm a nurse. She's been slaving away during the pandemic. In the war zone. Oh, and no. unfortunately, that doesn't, that doesn't cut it. Yeah. Oh. We love you, Cherry Valentine, though. We love you, Estina. Hopefully, you'll get an invitation in the future. You never know. All Stars, season three, season four, you never know. All right? Uma, I have to say, though, I was quite shocked that Taste didn't vote for Estina. What on earth happened there? I'm not sure. I mean, have we overestimated their, their alliance? I don't know. I think it could be a case of, like, they've had seven months to simmer and they're trying to attack the competition in the best way they can. And I think, again, Estina is a severe threat. Like, she would have come back harder, stronger than ever. So I think, yeah, maybe Joe was just a bit of um, an easier competition. Yeah, you're right. I think out of all three queens that they brought back, Estina had the most chance to... To win the crown. So maybe it was a tactical move on most of the Queen's parts. Like, nah, um, I'm going to do the diplomatic thing and say, Joe didn't have much of a chance to show what she's got, so let's bring her back, you know? So Joe got the majority vote, right? Joe has been brought back into the competition. As part of winning her place back into the competition, she gets to be a group leader for this week's challenge, which is Roo Roo Revision, right? Joe forms Banana Drama and Lawrence, because she won last week's, well, seven months ago, <laughs> this <laughs> challenge seven months ago, she forms the United Kingdoms. So cast your mind back to before you saw their performances, which team did you think had the potential to win? United Kingdoms. I mean, Bimini's a fierce performer. We know that she can throw moves and shapes on their runway. Taste again, We've seen through the lip sync, she can deliver drama. And I think Ahura brings the glamour and fashion. And Lawrence is probably like the mama matron comedy queen. Mm. So I think looking at that lineup, Lawrence, I think she made the best choices where she ticked each box and she realized each queen could bring a different element to the performance and group. Whereas I think the unfortunate thing with um, Banana Drama, I think Joe. She chose her friends and her comfort level over who would be a threat in each department. Yeah. 
Honestly, when the teams were formed, I thought, oh, banana drama. Because they all seem like kooky, wacky queens. I thought, do you know what? They might pull it out of the bag. Anyway, we'll get onto that bit later because we have a lot to say about those performances, right? Umar, I couldn't stop pissing in rehearsal. Oh my God. First of all, M&EK made great television because he didn't hold back with his critiques. He just didn't hold back. And then a horror doing the sing-sang song bit. I, when I tell you I was crying, I was actually crying. I mean, I'm with you there. I think, oh, what was she doing? I think she was giving, <laughs> she was sing giving sang audio. <laughs> She was giving audio fellatio onto that mic. I mean, ding dang dong. And for that moment. And for that moment. And yeah, I think Enrique not holding back for the shade. Yeah. I there was one moment. There was one moment where he flat out said, uh, no, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> And do you know what the funniest part is, right? Before rehearsal, we had no idea what the lyrics were going to be for the song, right? Yeah. So when Ahura was going, sing, sang, song, sing, sang, song, I thought, oh my God, has Ahura written these lyrics? I was like, why have you, <laughs> like, why have you written that? I was like, <laughs> like, what? Like, back to the sing, sang, song. <laughs> I was crying. Uh, but obviously later on we found out that that was like a great big part of each of each song. What did you think of Joe in rehearsal? Because obviously Joe is quite the singer herself, but she just couldn't nail that. <laughs> Glenn Close, but no cigar. Yeah, I I need you to explain that because that pun went right over my wig. I I, I didn't grasp it. What does it mean, Glenn Close, but no cigar? Oh, why you got to put me in a corner like that? I don't have a fucking clue. I do. <laughs> I really don't have the foggiest. But honestly, during that bit, I thought, oh, I'm going to have that bit stuck in my head for ages. Glenn Close, but no cigar. I thought, oh, God, that's going to be stuck in my head for days. But then obviously we got onto the maxi challenge. Bloody hell. But before the maxi challenge, we had a nice little educational moment again in the workroom when Bimini opened up about how... You know, the drag art form is seen as, I think she used the word disposable in lockdown, which was a really educational moment for viewers out there who might not know that drag queens, you know, rely on performances and nightclubs to uh, for, their, for their income. Uh, drag acts don't have furlough pay. You know, they rely on physical interaction and performing in clubs. And unless you're a highly established drag insane already, the chance to earn a wage is in danger. I mean, do you think this was important for Bimini to say? Do you think she came in and thought... I need to talk about this on the Drag Race stage. Definitely. Because what was that um, campaign <laughs> that the government ran? It was like, who was it? Someone needs to go into cyber. Where it was like, yeah, let's all abandon the creative jobs and go into cyber. Um, and I think she kind of touched upon the fact that it's it's a hard, it's hard graft out there um, on a normal day. Getting bookings... Funding your own drag, funding your fashion, wigs, all of that stuff. Like, it's a big production. And it's also, like, a sisterhood and a family when creative people join forces and have that shared collaboration. So I think even though it wasn't a typical emotional moment that we're used to, I think it was quite, it was quite telling and impactful for what lockdown actually did to people like her. Yeah. 
And I think it just goes to show again, right, if you're watching Drag Race and you love these entertainers, you know, go buy their merch, you know, support them. And that goes again for local queens as well. Local queens, go, go to their virtual shows, give them a tip if you're able, you know, let's support them. All right, go to dragqueenmerch.com and buy something. Although, you know, Bimini said that drag is disposable in lockdown, it feels like drag has been one of the most reliable sources of entertainment for us. You know, it's kept on going. We've had so many seasons of the Drag Race. We've been able to watch these virtual shows. So come on, let's give back to these queens, buy a t-shirt and support them, right? Tea. Tea. All right, so now, Umar, let's go on to that performance. That performance. The United King Dolls motherfucking smashed oh it! It was one of those moments for me, Umar. I mean, you know how much I rely on television, you know, for my own, like, personal happiness. But it was what, like where I had tears in my eyes because it was just so brilliant. How do you think it stacked up to past group performances? I literally thought, was it Read You, Wrote You? Obviously, nothing's really eclipsed that moment. Mm. in drag history since then. But I honestly thought, soon as all four of them got into formation and charged down that runway, and I, you can see on Rue's face as well, like, <laughs> she was gobsmacked, living her fantasy. I just felt, it just, it was perfection. Like, perfection. there wasn't a second that was filler. All of them just... I'm, I, yeah, I was gobsmacked watching it. I loved it. Yeah, I... Oh, my God. And we have to go on to Bing Bang Bong, Sing Sang Song, Ding Dang Dong, because, Umar, that has been stuck in my head ever since... <laughs> I've what I've... Oh, my God, I, I, I can't get over it. I'm going to be playing this song on Spotify, Apple Music. I'm going to be streaming it on all services. I want to get them to that number one. Can you imagine? Bing Bang Bong... Number I mean, one, the, the culture destroyers need to watch out. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Big bang bong, sing, sang song, ding dang dong, UK Han. <laughs> what? Are you not going to sing along with me? I'm vocal resting at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want to scare the listeners. <laughs> true, true, true. Okay, Umar, well, then came banana drama. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, fir the first watching of it, I didn't get why because they <laughs> they came out onto the stage and RuPaul looked horrified. Like oh, RuPaul, <laughs> it was a mixture of horrification <laughs> and anger. And I was like, I they haven't even dropped to they haven't <laughs> even dropped a verse or a chorus, <laughs> and the yeah. daggers are out. But then replaying it, I think as soon as we saw Joe Black's ensemble, I think it was downhill from there. And also, like, I don't think they measured up to the energy we saw from United Kingdoms. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it went well for them. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the first thing. I noticed was that Rue looked livid. Uma, I was genuinely like scared. Like, like I had a, I, I had heart, I had, I had heart palpitations watching that. Like, and even just talking about it now, like when I look back at Rue's face, oh my god, I haven't seen her that angry since season ten. You know when the vixen walked off, and then 
Ruin Asia had a heated argument about it. I've not seen her that angry since then. It was definitely weird energy because once we saw that face, it was it was kind of like it was kind of like they were dancing and doing it, but nothing could dig them out of that hole. So it was no. just it was a very it was it was like it was like looking at four girls on death row. <laughs> Performing their final act. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're still... They're, they're still... G- yeah. Yeah. But there's oh. no redemption here. Yeah. Uh, do you think if they came out first and then the United King Dolls came out after, they would have had a better a better chance to impress Rue? Because the United King Dolls were so strong. And Rue, like you said, they were all fucking loving it. But... With Banana Drama, no one cracked a smile. Like, no one was just, like, looking at them, like, happy. Like, no one. Yeah, I think maybe... But then it's that outfit. I think Joe Black's look, I think that was the deciding fate for them. And also, I think Ding Dang Dong Pong. (laughs) It's fun when the energy's high. Everyone's like, yes, Ding Dong. But when it's all falling apart, everyone's like, no, no, Ding Dong the drag queens, do you know what I mean? It just, it <laughs> felt, it felt flat. Yeah. Right, I'm going to stop you right there, Brumar, and take a pause for our stunning ad break. We'll be back after this to bing that bong, sing sang song, and ding dang dong on this week's looks and the unprecedented scene with RuPaul and the bottom queens. Did you know that Gay Times Plus members get more from the world of Gay Times? (gasps) I did not. Tell me more. They enjoy the full, uncensored episodes of Snatched. (gasps) I mean, us uncensored sounds like trouble, but let's go. We're adding more benefits all the time, and the memberships are available anywhere in the world. And we love an international hunt. So make sure you sign up and join our growing community of LGBTQ plus people just like you. Learn more and sign up at gaytimesplus.com. That's gaytimesplus.com. Click, click. Right, on to the runway, Uma, your favourite part of the week. And this week has a seaside theme. Who won this for you? Bimini. Oh. When she turned that corner and gave us a lacy My Fair Lady moment. For me, that look rivaled the US fashion queens that we've seen come and go. It was perfection. Tension to detail was there. Mm-hmm. She just looked gorgeous. Also seeing a more feminine, softer side to her was definitely, I mean, she gagged me when she turned that corner. And we saw that kind of theme of mesh and, what, what would you call it? You're the fashion person, I don't know. Oh, well, fishnet. So <laughs> okay. the th- we saw a lot of mesh and fishnet, all of that stuff, and taste looked gorgeous. Oh. That little blonde bob moment and the crabs mm. all over her body. I think that was a, an iconic moment. And then we saw Chipgate happen. <laughs> Who would have thought the queens would be arguing this season about a bag of chips and not Bag of chips. I mean chips, mm-hmm. right? An actual like chips. Um, for you, who who won that then? Because the horror and sister 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 came out looking exactly well, not exactly the same. They're the same concept, right? I have my opinions. What is your opinion? Who won Chipgate? Well, I think we're gonna fight here. I think horror. 
from the the wooden fork earrings, the cinched waist. I think everything just worked with her look. But I don't think Sister Sisters was as polished. There was a little bit of drag trickery in the background because wasn't Sister Sisters' original idea to be a Pamela Anderson kind of vixen? Yeah. And it's not like you can go to the local shop and get a chip outfit off the rack. So I'm like, what <laughs> happened? What happened there? I don't know. But yeah, maybe we are going to fight because although I thought Ahura's looked really cool, and to be honest, I'm not sure if anyone's going to share this opinion. I preferred Sister Sisters. I thought they both looked stun, right? But Sister Sisters had more, like, more of a camp edge to me. And if you're going to wear, like, chips, you know, with a seaside theme, you know, ketchup all over you, go all the way. And I thought Sister went, like, she went larger, you know? Mm, I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. All right, okay. But then also, you we saw some fashion fails, in my opinion. I think Tia, that did not read ice cream mm. cone to me. And also, where, why would you put no. a cherry on top of an ice cream cone? Some people do that. I, 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 do they? Do they? Do they do that? I won't do it. Flake. More of a flake. Like, she should have had a flake coming out of her head. She should have had a flake. And also, I feel like <laughs> she's been a flake without the flake. I think... <laughs> I think the judge's critique on that is like, you've had seven months to really knuckle down on your drag and perfect it and reflect on it. I don't think it was, um, what's the word? Good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word. Um, but then also I think Joe Black, I mean, we're gonna get on to the, the fashion choices of Joe Black in a minute. But for that runway look, it was reminiscent of her David Bowie look, where it was like the elevation right. of her aesthetic, camp meets fashion. Mm. And I think it came across really well. And the performance of it was really good. Yeah, I loved I loved Joe this week. I actually think um, beside Bimini, Joe had the, the best one for me. But yeah, I agree with everything you're saying about Tia because right, you know how much I love Tia Coffee. I, I'm a I'm a Tia Coffee stan, right? But it goes back to a couple of weeks ago when they were saying on the main stage, like, look, you have a, like a model-esque figure. Why are you um, covering it all up with, you know, and being baggy with it? And this week on the main stage, it just did nothing for her shape. It just did nothing. And, oh, it was so sad to see it. Cause I, I think she could have been safe. Mm, uh, I agree. Uh, she had a better look. But yeah, Joe, runner up for me on the main stage. Who would you say was your runner-up? So Bimini's obviously our top. Who was your runner-up? My runner-up. I mean, I would give it to United Kingdoms as a foursome. In the performance was amazing. On the runway, all four of them delivered. Bimini, gorgeous, taste, perfection. And I think even Lawrence with her, what was she meant to be, a lifeboat? I mean, she was a good lifeboat. She looked cute. Yeah, I mean, I don't really remember it at the top of my head. But I remember she looked nice. Was that shady? Was that shady? I didn't no, mean to be shady. Just... No, no, but I remember she looked nice. Oh, my God, how have we not talked about Ellie Diamond? Seagull? What did you think of that? Oh, I don't know. Because I feel like uh, <laughs> the face, we love it. But then she was just giving me... It looked a bit like Pingu. Like she just dipped herself in a Pingu <laughs> outfit and became a mascot. <laughs> yeah. She just looked like a mascot. So I think... I agree, it did look a little bit costumey 
from the neck down. I would have preferred her to go all out and just throw on the feathers, become a little bit more... How was that not all out? She was a fucking seagull in a bikini. I feel like with Ellie Diamond, she, when she's in drag and her face is beat, she looks phenomenal. Like, she looks mm. statuesque, but she looks so far removed of what she looks like as a guy out of drag. So I think, am I reading too much into it? But I think that's why there's a little bit of a disconnect with Ellie Diamond, because with her drag persona, I don't think we see much of her coming through. I think there's always like a costume or an animal or some kind of mask she's putting on. So I think maybe that's why we haven't really related to her as strongly as the other queens. Yeah, I mean, Ellie is, is such a lovely queen. When I spoke to her, she was so nice. Like, I just warmed to her instantly. And on the show, she gives us so many amazing looks. But I think you're right. I think I'm waiting for that moment where I really connect with her. I just don't think it's come yet, sadly. But I like her. I love Ellie. No, we love Ellie. And I agree. And I think also, I mean, she was roped into the old lady brigade, essentially, <laughs> with banana drama. So she, she worked with what she had, I guess. But yeah, I think on the runway, she was okay. She was she was a yeah. firm save, I think. What did you think about Rue? Well, obviously, United King Dolls were going to win, right? I mean, that was so... So bloody obvious. I mean, you saw it coming from a mile away. But what do you think about RuPaul giving all four of the queens in the group a win? I, I didn't like that, personally. It was an amazing group effort and performance, and I loved it. But I think we're both in agreement that Bimini just shone a little bit brighter in that, in that group number. She slayed it. Like, I've not seen someone slay a challenge and be the obvious winner in so long. Like, the flips, the kicks, the splits, you know, the... She jumped off the, that goddamn chair! She jumped off the goddamn chair! And Rue's face, I just thought, oh, Rue's, Rue's gonna win her, like, crown her. But, I mean, do you know what? They all gave such an iconic performance. They all deserve a win, but I just think that Bimini edged them out a little bit. Like, it should have been her week to shine. Yeah, definitely. She was on a different level altogether, and choreography, vocals. And what I love about Bimini is, like, she does, like, when she's recording with MNK, like, she's just in her leopard coat, her zebra <laughs> print sunglasses, so unassuming, like, you would see her walking down Brick Lane or whatever. But then when she applies herself and she has a vision, whether it's a performance, a fashion look, I think she, she is a chameleon. She transforms, she gives it everything she can. And I think in that group, she was a stand-up for me. Okay, let's go on to H&M. Oh, Gay. girl. Oh, oh my girl. God. Oh, uh, hey. oh. <laughs> Okay, so we said we were scared of Rue earlier, right? We were scared. Well, I, I don't know if you were scared. I was, I was scared. I was petrified. Yeah, you were scared. Yeah, okay. So when Rue <laughs> was starting to critique Joe Black and... <laughs> Michelle said something like it's off the rack, right? When when Joe Black whispered, it's from H. <laughs> my heart sank when we saw Rue's face. Oh my God. Were you prepared for what was going to come? Uh, girl, I... When she <laughs> said... When she, when she said, I don't want to see any fucking H&M. <laughs> I was like, let me get into my wardrobe and burn every... <laughs> 
my God. I mean, RuPaul, she cancelled fast fashion in that moment. Oh, my God. It... I, I was just um, overwhelmed. Like, I needed to grab my inhaler because I thought I was going to have a panic attack because it was so... <laughs> it was too fucking much. How do you think Joe felt in that moment? Like, do you think <laughs> Joe was like, fuck, <laughs> fuck me. Uh, I've got to get out of here. I'm going to do a Ginny Lemon and just walk off stage. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have melted to the ground. Mm-mm. Oh, God. And then she so was what? like, if you're going to get a T-shirt, you better, you better sequin that shit up or something. I was like... Yeah. I mean, lockdown has done a number on RuPaul. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, do you think that ensemble was was worth that kind of response? <laughs> do you think it deserved Ru getting so crazy over? It's definitely not the worst we've seen on the main stage. I think it was just the whole look all together. It was the wig, the face, and then the dress. I think it was just a miss on so many levels. I mean, RuPaul is talking a little bit of truth when he's like, step it up. Like, this is the international stage for drag. Like, bring the best you can in every moment. And I think it's sad because I think Joe does do that when it's her controlling the vision and the execution. But I think, unfortunately, she fell short with the group number. But it made for good TV and a good meme. Oh, God, that's going to be merchandise, isn't it? That is going to be on T-shirts everywhere. I mean, the stocks for H&M will either plummet <laughs> or rise, we don't know. <laughs> Again, the drama continued in the um, Untucked Lounge when Ahura and Sister Sister kind of came head to head about Chipgate. <laughs> Did you expect Sister Sister to, to pop off like that? Sister Sister has come back with a new face and a new attitude. Her confidence was rising throughout the episode. Because obviously I think Ahura won it for me. So I think Sister Sister's rebuttal, I don't think I was on board with it as such. But who knew she has that fire in her? I mean, last week I was saying we don't really know much about her. She's a little bit of an enigma, but I think she came through. Yeah. Do you think she went away seven months and thought, do you know what, I'm going to be the one to stand up to Ahura. So when she... (laughs) When she pops off at me, I'm going to give it back to her. Do you think that's kind of what happened? Or do you think she's just, she's ready to pop off on everyone? I mean, I think she popped those new teeth in and was like, I'm going to bite. <laughs> I'm going to bite back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. This episode, drama, conflama, the whole lot. So, to the surprise of, well... No one. Joe and Tia found themselves in the bottom two this week where they battled it out to Don't Leave Me This Way. Uma, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a fan of when Drag Race recycles past lip sync songs. They did this in season three, you know, with the whole Mimi, I'm first, India Farah, get her off of me debacle. So there's so many songs out there and they've got to use this one again. Really? Then, honey, not everyone is an encyclopedia fact file machine like yourself. So, <laughs> for <laughs> so for the average viewer, I think I well, I didn't pick up on that um, repetition. Is this a UK song or is this an American song? I assume so. I, I really, I, I, I don't know that piece of information. I will be honest with you, but every single episode of Drag Race UK, they've done a UK song, so I assume so. They should break that rule a bit and broaden the discography of the music selection. But I didn't pick up on that. But 
musically aside, how do you think that battle turned out? Who shocked you? Who won it for you? <laughs> what's your what's your thoughts on on that? It's it's odd because I feel like Joe Black when she was lip syncing, it was like she could have actually been singing the song. Like it looked like it just fit with everything that she was doing. Do you know what I mean? Her whole aesthetic, her look, it looked like she could have been belting that number out. But then Tia, again, she kind of showcased her comedy on the stage. Although we kind of seen a little bit of that before with her lip sync, she still made it fun and addictive to watch. Like, for example, the bit where she, you know, warned them all that she was going to run down the stage, <laughs> which I thought, you know, kind of sealed it for her, the win. And again, Rue was lapping it up, wasn't she? They were lapping up what Tia was giving. Mm. What about you? Who do you think won? I agree wholeheartedly on your sentiments, honey, because <laughs> I feel it's Tia's second round in the bottom two. And, yeah, when she dropped to the floor, I think we had seen it before. It was kind of like, okay, yeah, RuPaul's face was gagged, but it wasn't anything revolutionary. She wasn't really reinventing the wheel as such. And then, yeah, I think that roly-poly slide down <laughs> the runway did seal it for me. Yeah. But we love Tia. Disclaimer, we love Tia. Oh, I fucking but, love Tia. Yeah, like, I just feel like there's something about her face during the lip sync that looks like a deer in headlights. Mm. I don't think she has that... You know when it's like the fire in the eyes connect to the body language mm. and everything just gives you that explosive moment? There's a lot of hesitation in Tia's eyes for me, so then it always kind of feels a bit lacklustre. But yeah, she, she was funny. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think all eyes were on Tia in that moment. Joe Black, unfortunately, I don't mean there was much she could do to kind of redeem herself. Well, no, I mean... <laughs> after H&M happened, I don't think Joe stood a, a fucking chance of staying. No, she, she, yeah, she was like, uh-uh. Honey, <laughs> cancelled, done. Joe could have, like, won that lip sync by a landslide and Rue would have been like, bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, no, get to pack it. Get back in, get back in. So I spoke to the wonderful Joe yet again about her comeback. And, of course, I had to ask about that instantly iconic H&M debacle with Rue. And here is what she had to say. It's inevitable, right? We have to talk about H&M Gate. Did you expect RuPaul Charles to have so much emotion over H and M? Do you know, I've never expected anyone to have that much emotion over, over H and M. Uh, I mean, I admit, you know, the, the pink velvet was very emotive. It was very emotional. Uh, I think the, the ridges in the dress really told a story. Yeah, I did. I did not expect a high street retailer to really bring out such passion in someone. So that was, I mean, it made glorious television though, didn't it? I'm now infamously have my yes. own. I mean, the memes that have come out. Oh yeah, the memes are hilarious. I've now got my infamous, my own infamous, you know, I've never shouted at a girl like this Tyra moment. Which, you know, if I hadn't worn that dress, <laughs> if I hadn't worn that dress, would I would would that have happened? Right, exactly. I mean, are you still a loyal HM customer? Will you be paying back into a HM store anytime soon? Well, do you know it's funny you say this? HM have just reached out to me. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not joking. I'm not joking. They've, you know, they've they've come into 
Okay, tell me everything. Uh, well, there's not much to tell yet. We d I don't I don't know where this relationship is going to go. I don't know whether uh, you know a giant van full of pink velvet dresses may arrive. You know, I don't know whether it's that, whether you know they want me to to model the season's collections, whether I'm going to have my own collaboration, maybe I'll be the new face of H&M. And what a face. You know, nothing quite says H&M um, like eyebrows halfway up your forehead, I think, you know. I mean, I would buy a top that says, I don't want to see no fucking H&M with a picture <laughs> of you in H&M on top of it. I, I would buy that. I think, I think, I think <laughs> people have already, already like, um, they're well on it. People are already printing their own merch about it. I, I considered it. But then I was like, well, you know, like, I mean, Michelle had said to me that obviously didn't make the, uh, the full edit. She was like, you know, you're a bit stuck in your ways. Uh, and that's why I said, you know, when I said, you know, oh, I admit I am a bit stuck in my ways. But, you know, it's it served me um, well in the real world. Maybe not so well on Drag Race. But um, I'm not sure a T-shirt with the word H&M on it um, is very me. But I'm very much enjoying other people's designs. Though I, w I really wouldn't mind my own little kind of Vampire's Wife-esque collab with H&M, you know. Release a, a series of um, slightly kind of campy, cabaret, gothic, uh, you know, evening wear. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Oh, bless her. It's never easy to be a revolving door, is it? <laughs> Coming in and then just leaving swiftly after. Maybe she'll get triggered every time she walks past an H&M. Maybe she won't. <laughs> but <laughs> at least she gave us at least 20 more minutes of Joe Black experience. So we love to see it. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Imagine <Yeah>. her walking down. <laughs> Imagine her walking down Oxford Street shaking. God, the world's not safe for her. I've got Uma. Fuck's sake. Oh, God, he might hate Don't die, girl. <laughs> I am going to die. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> okay. Enough about Joe because I also got to speak with Veronica Green. Like I said at the start of the episode, this is a special episode of Snatched, right? We've got two interviews. So, Veronica, um, I spoke to her about the events of the episode, and Uma, she told me that she might not accept the invitation for season three. She is mulling it over. So <sighs> here, yeah, I know, I know. So here's exclusive for you all. Here's oh what Veronica Green God. had to say. I'll get fired away <laughs> with my question. So Veronica, I think I speak for everyone in the UK. I mean, all your fans when I say, so devastated when you were unable to return to Drag Race UK. On the most important note, I want to know, how are you feeling now? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Um, I, I think certainly health-wise, I'm in good shape. I'm free of coronavirus now. <laughs> but at the time, it was it, it was really devastating to to get the news and to to have to go to go through it. But I've, I've kept my spirits high. I'm I'm quite a positive person. And yeah, I just I just wanted to uh, to get over it as quick as I possibly could. I, I think that was the the goal. So devastating because it's not like you flopped a challenge or lost a lip sync and it was your time to go. It was for reasons out of your control. I mean, when you were told you couldn't return, how did you personally feel? When I was told, I, I burst into tears. I was, uh, I was absolutely devastated. And I just didn't know how to, I didn't know how to process the information. It took me a long time for it to sink in. And then eventually it was, oh, wow, okay, so that's it. This is my, that's my journey in the competition over. And like my my head just completely left the the space of the competition because 
we, we'd had seven months off and and we were just gearing up to go back and to be told two days before production started again that I was not going to be allowed back on set threw me off, much like how I threw sister off. <laughs> <laughs> and how far into you being told you couldn't come back did the producers tell you that you have an open invitation to return for season three? So I didn't find out about that until... Oh gosh, until much, much later on. So they, they'd all been told on set and, and I and I didn't find out until, gosh, really late in the day. It was it was kind of a thing that um they they kept secret from me until until um they'd almost finished shooting. So yeah, I, I had no I had no idea. And looking back, how did the seven month break inform how you were going to approach the rest of the competition? In terms of the competition the seven-month break, I wasn't really, my head wasn't in it for, I would say, over half of that. Going through the, the pandemic and the lockdowns really affected me mentally. My mental health was not, I wasn't in a good space over the summer. So it was the latter portion of that, maybe the last two or three months, that I really started to, to focus about what, what can I do to, to elevate and up my game because people are going to be expecting, it doesn't... It doesn't matter the fact that I wasn't earning any money and <laughs> I was living living off uh, like universal credit and whatnot. I had to be able to show that I'd done something with my time. So I, I just started. I just started making some clothes and and trying out new skills and trying to do what I could to make it look as though I'd Im- improved w- without any without any funds. Yeah. And at the start of this episode, you were really fired up. I mean, I was living for it. I love this Veronica, the co- competitive Veronica. Can we expect to see more of this Veronica on season three? Oh, well, I, I'm still thinking about whether or not I'm going to accept the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> I've not decided. RuPaul, RuPaul, I'm still thinking about it. I don't know. Maybe I will come back. Maybe I won't. Who knows? If I do go back, though, absolutely. That, that fiery side of me, I'm, I'm a Taurus, and I was born in the year of the ox. I'm very stubborn, very steadfast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm one of three children. Like, we're a very competitive family. So, that, I mean, it's only human for that side to, to come out. Yeah, and I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to look stupid. I'm not afraid to look silly. And I'm not afraid to say things that are potentially going to embarrass me a little bit later on. Because I will say things to people's face and, and apologize for anything that is out of line once we've calmed down, you know, tempers, tempers flare. And, and I, I think it's important to not bottle it up and, and say it behind people's backs, you know? So back onto your season three comments, do you actually think you might not accept or like what, what, what is, what's your headspace with that at the moment? Well, I, I'm still in, I'm still in limbo at the moment. I, I think that the thing is, is on the one hand, I do feel like my drag race journey is incomplete. There's work to be done. And I'm a competitive person. So I was taken out of the competition for reasons beyond my control. And, and the fact that I've been given the opportunity to, to go back and finish that journey is definitely something that's interesting to me. But I've, I've, still, I've still got a little bit of time to, uh, to make a decision. So um, I'm, I'm sitting on it for now. <laughs> Making them sweat. Oh, my God. <laughs> What is this cliffhanger? <laughs> I I knew Veronica was. She loves the drama, doesn't she? Yeah. She loves the anticipation. 
She's building up a little momentum. Yeah. No, she has to come back. I'm going to start a petition and a GoFundMe or a, a, whatever whatever it takes. We're getting Veronica back in town. Yeah, we'll room. start a petition, change.org, hyphen, bring Veronica Green back. All right, we'll... <laughs> we'll start a campaign, <laughs> find Veronica. We... <laughs> we will. I mean, uh, to echo what you just said, yeah, Veronica needs to come back. That's what we need to see. I want to see her sashay back into that workroom. So, if you want to hear the full interview in which Veronica discusses all of that drama with her fellow contestants and who she's going to impersonate on Snatch Game, you can sign up to Gay Times Plus now. On next week's episode, the top seven queens will play... Snatch Game! Although she said she was all gamed out during her iconic run on Celebrity Big Brother, the one and only Gemma Collins will join the queens for the fan favourite Maxi Challenge while Jessie Ware sits alongside Rue, Michelle and Alan on the panel. Uma? Yes? Say ciao. Ciao, Bella. <laughs> <laughs> ciao, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> Snatched is a Gay Times original podcast. Subscribe and listen to more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you're following at Gay Times on all major social media platforms for the latest LGBTQ plus news, culture, and entertainment. Loved this episode of Snatched? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Finally, make sure you check out Gay Times Plus, our membership platform for everyone in our community. And remember, you can find more information at gaytimesplus.com.